peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. This is the day the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing and glad in it. Let's greet one another. Turn and shake hands with your neighbor, if you would, please. would encourage you to share your names with us and with one another on the friendship pad as it passes your day, your way. Uh, this is a special day. This is Mother's Day, and we are honoring all of the women of our church for wonderful contributions they have made in our lives. Whether we have been, whether we are mothers or not, we've all had mothers and grandmothers. <laughs> and uh, this morning, following the service, we're going to have our reception out in the uh, north patio or the rose garden where there's going to be strawberries and cream and coffee and, and all that, plus all the booths you can sign up and uh, just we'll have a great time of fellowship after each of the services. We call your attention to the announcements in our connections insert in the bulletin. You can see there's lots going on here. Again, uh, join us for the strawberries and cream. I've heard that the strawberries are absolutely outstanding, huge and tasty. We're in the middle of our May month food drive and we're seeking to restock the food pantry uh, that serves our community and the needs that are here. When you leave church this morning, you can pick up one of the green slips. It'll give you an idea of, of what you could bring to present. And um, next Saturday is uh, the Interfaith uh, Council in, co in the community is sponsoring uh, a food collection day at the various uh, supermarkets in town. And the times are listed on the insert here this morning, and uh, hope some of you will choose to participate in that as well. If you'd like to be a part of relief of the earthquake disaster in uh, Nepal, you can make contributions to World Vision, and the information on that is uh, in the connections, as well as uh, Presbyterian disaster relief. And there's another group in town, the Four Star group, uh, Rosalind Russell runs that. She's the goat lady, and they have connections with some of the villages way out uh, in the mountains, in the, in the, in the base of the, uh, of the Himalayas, and uh, the contributions are needed there as well. This coming Wednesday is Red Cross Blood Drive Day. Uh, you can sign up this morning. That's from 11.15 to 5.30 in the afternoon. And um, instructions are here. You can sign up. We invite you to do so. Friday evening, third Friday, Clippers. And the program is Under the Sea, Preserving Laguna's Treasured Ocean. And I think the, the young man who is, um, um, has oversight of that on behalf of the city is going to be our speaker that evening. I think that concludes my announcements, except to remind you that next Sunday uh, we're continuing our adult education class. Reverend Mike Regal uh, will be doing a second part in the series on Les Miserables, and we've heard such wonderful things about that class and hope that you'll join him at the 10 o'clock hour next Sunday morning. Let's center our hearts now in the worship of God as we pray together. God of love, we thank you for the gift of family, for granting to us mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters who have shaped and formed and nurtured our lives and 
borne sorrows with us and yet rejoiced with us in so many ways. We pray this day now that we will come very hard, very close to your heart of love as we celebrate all of your goodness given to us and revealed to us in the incarnate one, Jesus of Nazareth, Son of Mary, Son of God. We pray in his name. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Which of you desires life and covets many days to enjoy good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. Let us stand and worship the living God. I sing the mighty power of God. Church, we're going to begin that and we're going to sing it a cappella just to start this morning in worship. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the sing the echo and we'll sing the chorus together from the ends of the earth from the ends of the earth from the depths of the sea from the depths of the sea from the heights of the heavens from the heights of the heavens your name
living God, fall afresh on us this morning. Send your spirit to fall afresh on us this morning. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts. Amen. Let's be seated, church, as we continue. Amen. Our call to confession comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1. The words of the prophet Isaiah call us to examine our hearts before the Lord our God this morning. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they're all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows. Sing a song, Change My Heart. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God.
as we have sung this prayer, we ask that by your spirit you would hear that prayer and, and do a work in our hearts, do a work in my heart. And so, Lord, in this silence, search us, search me, and know my heart, that I might walk in your ways. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting.
Paul's letter to the Romans comes to this crescendo in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and then in a series of ethical admonitions. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern that which is good and perfect and acceptable. Let love be genuine. Abhor or hate evil. Hold fast to the good. Pray with me. Lord, center us now in this vocabulary of your word. Shape and form our thinking, our minds. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We ask in your name. Amen. Modern technology is wonderful, from the local church with the screens and the projectors, to the video, to the online, things that we can see and hear that we would have never seen and heard before. This last week, I watched uh, an adult education class from the National Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., just a, a block or two from the National Cathedral. And just across the parking lot from NBC at the center of our national life. And that great sanctuary was jammed with people from D.C. And they were listening to David Brooks speak of the New York Times and PBS NewsHour, who's written this new book that is seemingly the rage of the country in which Christians are very interested. The road to character. David Brooks is talking about something that he says in our culture has in many ways been lost. He says, we've lost a moral vocabulary so that when we hear words like evil and good, they make us uncomfortable because we do not know what the definitions of these words may be. In an article that he wrote entitled, What is the Purpose of Your Life? He said, sooner or later, in every one of our lives, we will have to answer basic questions about reality. What is the purpose of your life? Is there a moral compass that will allow you to discern that which is right and that which is wrong? Most of us carry iPhones or some kind of smartphone in our pockets. And you can open it up and go on a compass there. And you can discern north and south and east and west and plot your course. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a moral compass 
that would automatically discern for us the way we ought to go to live lives that are meaningful and are filled with purpose. He said 50 years ago, there were recognized authority figures in this country, public theologians, like Rabbi Abraham Heschel in New York City, and Reinhold Niebuhr, the neo-Orthodox Protestant theologian whose picture was on Time magazine. And people would look to them to, to help define reality. I first came to know Abraham Heschel when there was a conference at the old Ambassador Hotel down in Los Angeles on Wilshire Boulevard. The conference was on the Vietnam War and the morality of war and what the religious community might have to say to the nations. And they'd accumulated representatives of the United Nations and the State Department and all the various groups of, of Jews and Protestants and uh, uh, Catholics, all of us together to, to talk about the huge ballroom that the ambassador was filled, the very, the very room where Robert Kennedy gave his last speech. The speaker that spoke to me the most was the rabbi, famous Old Testament scholar. And he came out to speak. I wondered, who is this guy? Giant fuzzy hair, graying. And he spoke so rapidly and so incisively that it made me feel like one of the prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah was speaking to the nations about good and evil and right and wrong. My mentor at Claremont, the School of Theology at the time, James Sanders, Old Testament professor there, said, I used to preach over at the Riverside Church the church where Harry Emerson Fosdick preached that Rockefeller made for him. And whenever I would preach, Abraham Heschel would come and sit in the congregation and it would intimidate me to no end. Rhino Niebuhr's great two-volume work on the nature and the destiny of man. And amazingly, David Brooks is talking about these kinds of people, and he's saying, we do not have many of these public theologians. I was so pleased to hear him identify Tim Keller of the Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City as one of the public theologians who is speaking to the nation in clear ways. A voice. The Apostle Paul spoke about, in the words of Eugene Peterson's translation, the message, he said, run for dear life from evil. Run from dear life, for dear life, away from evil. And he said it in other ways throughout his letters. Flee idolatry. 
There was no question that the Apostle Paul and the New Testament believed clearly that there was evil in this world. And it came from men's original falling away from God. Of turning away from the knowledge of God and worshiping idols that they made with their own hands and lifting them up so that they look like mortals or, or animals or reptiles or birds. As Paul said in Romans 1, and as humanity turned away from the true God, the knowledge of God its thinking became futile, and what happened was humanity exchanged the glory of the image of the immortal God to worship the creature, the created thing. And out of that whole process of losing the knowledge of God came the power of evil, of sin and death, Wherever Paul went in the Greco-Roman cities, he encountered multitudes of religions, temples. In Ephesus, the temple of Artemis of the Ephesians. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world, a hundred marble columns supporting the huge roof of the place with the image of the fertility goddess, the divine feminine installed inside of it, the many-breasted goddess that people came to to pray for prosperity, for well-being, for happiness. And amazingly, it was to this place that John the Apostle brought Mary, the mother of Jesus, for whom he'd been given stewardship responsibility by Jesus at the cross. And there they lived. And I've often thought, what a contrast between that magnificent statue of Artemis or go to Athens, Athena, or to Corinth, Aphrodite. What a contrast between that deified feminine, powerful image of well-being compared to the humble servant of the Lord, Mary, the mother of our Lord. When that first century was not worshipped by the church, but was simply seen as a model disciple, a believer in her son. A year ago today, we were in Istanbul, Turkey. It went to St. Sophia's. Built approximately the 5th century A.D. Not damaged in all the earthquakes in Turkey. Magnificent facility. The builders of that church in the 500s, took 12 of the columns from the temple of Artemis and installed them in that great church. I've always wanted to see those. They're huge. They support the structure of that church. There were a 100 or so of these pillars 
in the temple of Artemis. And they stand there built into that Christian place. And over the central altar in the dome is the mosaic of the Madonna. Mary, the mother of Jesus, holding the baby Jesus in her arms, looking down upon the symbols of Artemis. A great witness to the triumph of the gospel, of the message of the goodness of God's love that became incarnate in Jesus for the salvation of the world. Run for dear life from evil. If you lose the knowledge of God, if you give yourself to any deified self, to any way of power, to any way of prosperity or well-being outside of the true God, you fall away and your life becomes corrupted. And that's the history of the world in its fallen condition. But as Christians, we simply don't run away from we engage because we know that there is goodness in our world. Look at the creation around us this morning. The Bible proclaims that God the Creator is good and created everything that there is and declared it to be very good. From the sunsets over Catalina to the sunrises over the valley to the mountains and the deserts and the seas of this little planet, of this cosmos that is filled with so much mystery. It's a part of the handiwork of a good God who even in the fallenness in human history loves us still and affirms the goodness of all that we see and hear and has come to us incarnate in the history of Israel and in its fulfillment in the family of Joseph and Mary and the birth of the Christ child, a gift from God of God's favor to Mary, a blessing for Mary, who took this baby Jesus that she had nurtured in so many ways or would nurture him, took him into the temples in Jerusalem and into the synagogues and nurtured his life in the knowledge of God's goodness and the knowledge of the will of God. And at long last understood that the message that he proclaimed and the deeds that he did would come face to face against the evil of the world and power would seek to exterminate the life of God's goodness and evil thought it had won at the cross of Jesus. But in that very moment, the New Testament says, God's goodness, God's love triumphed over evil. And all of human history in the cosmos 
have never been the same. Even though the resistance of evil continues. Mary knew about that. Simeon had said, this child is set for the falling and the rising of many within Israel. And a sword will pierce your own soul as well. She knew about that. Many years ago, first time Kay and I visited Rome, one of the places that we wanted to visit, of course, was St. Peter's, the Basilica. You walk inside St. Peter's Basilica in an alcove off to the right. There was an unprotected space there in which Michelangelo's famous sculpture of the Pieta stood. Michelangelo said it was the most perfect piece of marble he had ever seen. And he started work. It took him a couple of years. He was only 22, 23 years old. And over six decades or so, he saw the world give praise to him when he heard someone suggests that another artist had done it. He was so moved by that that he carved his own name into the marble. When we first saw it, it was before the act of vandalism. 1975, I think that was. A mentally ill man screaming that he was Jesus Christ came into St. Peter's with a hammer and took it to the marble and to the face of Mary. And there was major damage. Thank God it's been restored and you can't tell now. But a bulletproof plastic screen is in front of it now. You can still see it but it witnesses to what we all know is still in the world, and that is human brokenness and the power of evil that still would like to cut out the light of the life of God's goodness wherever it might be. Mary in this sculpture is seated and she holds the dead corpse of her son. And the viewer of this work of art stands there and contemplates the mystery of what does this mean? The body of her dearly beloved son, Jesus, executed, dead. The story over. And yet that whole great space of the basilica celebrates not just the total revelation of the Old Testament and the New, it celebrates the great victory of God in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the power of His Spirit at work in the world today. Goodness is still at work in the world today. Because wherever you find self-sacrificing love in a human life, you find a witness to the work of God in Jesus, to the goodness of life. We've all experienced that. I don't care 
what kind of a person your mother may have been. Every mother has been imperfect because she was human. And I think it's time we let our mothers off the hook. My mother's 101 in a care facility. Plan to call her later today. Hope she can hear me. I'm so grateful for the gift of life she gave me. Last time I saw her, stooped down over her bed and kissed her on her forehead. Said, Mom, I love you. And she said, I love you too. I'm so proud of you. This is what we celebrate today. This is what we remember, the gift of God's goodness modeled so freely for us in the self-sacrificing love of Almighty God who even though we fell away and turned away and became futile and defiled in our thinking and lost our way, loves us nevertheless. And for the message of the apostle that nothing can separate us from the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. That great mother heart of God, if you will, that publicly weeps and holds on to us and claims us for the good of the kingdom of God. Thanks be to God that in good days and in bad days we can celebrate that evil has been defeated, still at work in the world, but has been defeated decisively. And that the goodness of God has won a mighty victory in what we celebrate today. Do you believe this? I want to believe this. I want to hold on to it. Goodness is personal. It's in Jesus and it's in your heart and mine. Stand now, please, and join me in our affirmation of faith. We affirm what we believe about the new life in Jesus Christ. The new life does not release us from conflict with unbelief, pride, lust, and fear. We still have to struggle with disheartening difficulties and problems. Nevertheless, as we mature in love and faithfulness in our life with Christ, we live in freedom and good cheer, bearing witness on good days and evil days, confident that the new life is pleasing to God and helpful to others. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our, our morning offering. Wherever we see self-sacrificing love, we see Christ. And he has called us to be that church in the world, the body of Christ. That love. God of justice. 
We must go. We must go. 
Let us pray. Gracious God, as you have given us life, so may we live according to your holy will revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Make us bold to share your life and show your love and the power of your Holy Spirit each and every day. Fill us with a full measure of grace that we may be agents of your love in this world. Strengthen us in the struggle for peace and justice, even in our own neighborhoods. Bless now this offering and free us up as your people that the offering that we bring may enable us continue to grow your mission and ministry throughout our communities. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. We're going to start a cappella, church. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Go forth in the power of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to smile upon this world so often in the midst of spiritual warfare in the battle between evil and good knowing that good has already won and the kingdom of God is at hand and the kingdom of God is coming in its fullness in the new creation and Christ himself, the very heart of goodness, will be at the center of the kingdom. Go forth and enjoy the strawberries and the cream. Amen. <laughs>